Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go to late, go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blesses the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. Amen. Welcome to the Dominion Podcast, episode 44. There it is. Took a week off, but we're back. We're back. We were just feeling kind of lazy last week, you know. I called up Al about 15 minutes before. I said, you really want to do this tonight? He said, nah. <laughs> no, there's some good stuff on Netflix. You know, I need, need to catch up on, you know, that sort of thing. You know, that isn't what happened. We just had other stuff to do. We did. But, uh, we're glad to be back. I'm, uh, I'm back in the beta chair, unfortunately. I got demoted <laughs> once more. Uh, and I made it the love seat. <laughs> yeah, it's back right. to just two guys. Yeah, you probably liked the love seat better than the uh, alpha chair. So <laughs> I'll take it any day. You know what? We got a special guest in studio. One of our faithful listeners uh, made a huge donation to the cause, so we let him come into studio for the night. <laughs> That's how you get up here, right? <laughs> Let's right. be honest. <laughs> just send the check. Uh, just leave it in my box at church in my my mail slot. So. <laughs> hey, we should we should do a shout out to our unofficial official sponsor, Kawartha Classical Christian School. There it is. That's right. Um, we are both on the board of Kawartha Classical Christian School. Yeah, and we are loving uh, the work that uh, the teachers are doing there, and mm -hmm. Principal Auger is doing there. Mm -hmm. And tonight's topic really ties in with this as well, since we're talking about children. Um, but yeah, we want to shout out to them. We got some fundraisers coming up, I believe. Yep, yep. Uh, a plant sale which is happening at a week from this Saturday. Yeah. That's correct, at the, the school. Yeah. You can probably go to the website to find the information on that. Yeah, we got lots on our website. I was going back through it again recently. There's some really good articles that um, people have written from the board, but also just from other places on the interwebs. Other people have fought through Christian education, classical education. Mm. It's just a good, it's not even just about the school. There's just good educational resources on there. And uh, yeah, I would encourage anyone who's thinking about education with their children, perhaps at the end of this podcast, you you know, it's on your mind more, check out Kawartha Classical Christian School. And uh, yeah, we'd love to chat. And um, we've got another fundraiser coming up as well that'll probably be at the end of May. We're going to mm -hmm. be doing a, a special movie viewing night. Yep. Uh, we have undisclosed location as of yet. We haven't secured the location, but uh, we're going to be showing... The Riot, the, the Riot and the Dance. Yeah, it's a it's, great title, it's a, eh? It's a great title and a great flick. It's the second one we're going to be watching, right? yep. the, the Water episode. So it's kind of like um, uh, the Wilson's response to David Attenborough yeah. and Planet Earth. Yeah. So it's Planet Earth with uh, meaning. Yeah. <laughs> with meaning. <laughs> well, well I don't know. Good. Like you watch that, it, the, the footage on those things is, is so phenomenal. Yeah. And you're watching it and then it's just all about how this is all an accident and this evolved like this by accident to survive this climate. And you're like, that doesn't, that's just. I know they try, they try to, um, through visual appeal and um, auditory appeal as well, make it magical. Yeah. And at the end of the day, there's just nothing magical about it yeah. whatsoever. And uh, yeah, so this is good if you're interested in, um, if you love the created world that God made and you want to celebrate his handiwork in creation, this is a great documentary to cover 
and highlight some of those things. Excellent. So, yeah, that'll be a fundraiser as well for the school. What else we got going on in Peterborough? We're going to have a video dropping for a fundraiser. Oh, that's scene. right. Yeah, we had, uh, this is one of the reasons we did not have an episode last week. Yep. We had a film crew in town. They were shooting a couple things, but one of the things was a promo video for the school. So Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to JKB Productions. That's right, JKB. Jeremy We're not going to charge him for that advertising, but <laughs> down the road. Free advertisement. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. We actually paid them for the advertisement. <laughs> actually. <laughs> so we need a business manager. <laughs> we do, yeah. Um, also, if, if you're a regular listener, we've got a new Substack. I know you may have noticed the podcast feed got a little messed up last month. That's because we switched from one host to another. Yeah. Went over to Substack, and uh, I believe the Substack address is alexanderklusterman.substack.com. It's now dominionpress.substack.com. Okay, so you can go to either of those and yep. you'll get to the same yeah, place. Yeah, I think, I think Dominion Press is where you'll go now. We'll, okay. we'll include a link in okay. the... Uh, Episodes. Sounds good. So you can go there for articles uh, to find the past episodes and yep. all that sort of thing. Subscribe, stay in the loop. Go if we get canceled on uh, social media or whatever, it's a good way to stay in touch with people. I think you need more than 100 listeners to get canceled. Let's hope so. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting how Canon hasn't been canceled. I don't know how that's happened or hasn't happened yet. Because people clearly hate him. Like he's on the radar. Oh yeah. Like Vice did a hit piece on him. Yeah. Washington Post did a hit piece on him. Like for what people get canceled for, it's surprising they haven't. Like random things, people like a single person will get angry with you on Twitter and it's such a controversy. Yeah. You put up a a video called It's Good to Be a Man. Yeah. You're probably going to get canceled. Yeah. But he's got like a dozen of those. The favor of the Lord. That's right. Well, that's good. Enjoy it, and uh, it may not last, but um, yeah, while it lasts, we got people on that platform that we mm-hmm. can listen to. So, but what are we talking about tonight? I thought we'd talk about children. Okay, and I'll just bow out of this conversation. I don't have any kids. <laughs> well, uh, you were a child. I was a child. That's yes. right. Still a child of heart. <laughs> but uh, no, I thought we would talk about children, and um, for a couple of reasons, children in scripture are central to the task of dominion that God has given humanity. And, um, it's, it's interesting. And maybe people have felt this way that as you, you become convinced that the rule of Christ must extend to every area of your life and that he has given us a mission and he has given us a task and it is, um, both within and without the walls of the church, um, the question that a lot of people have is like, okay, so how do I take dominion? And perhaps the first place that we think is through maybe evangelism, you know, outwardly in the world, which is fantastic. Um, you know, maybe online, like podcasts, like we're doing this type of thing. But where we need to look first and work our way out from is within our own home. And our culture um, is, as we've discussed many times, totally redefining the household. And I think one of the reasons that, that that's happening is that the enemy hates the household because the household is at the center. Um, in many ways, it's foundational to God's plan in the world. Yeah. And um, the family unit is the most basic unit to human existence, that literally without the family, there is no human existence. Um in a very real sense. And so we want to think through biblically the role of children. And the reason is, it says in Genesis 1, 27, 
God created a man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion. And be fruitful and multiply is is referring to children. But don't you know the earth is overpopulated? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And even in that, the, the... um, the ideological stance against mm-hmm. reproduction is uh, is the antithesis to dominion. Yeah. Not only is it, it's not just a um, factual error, it's an insidious error. and it's, it's an error based in a lack of faith in God. Yeah. Right, when he says, be fruitful and fill the earth, and we say, no, we can't because there's not enough stuff or, or room. We're just not trusting that he will provide those things for yeah. us, right? And actually, you do need a you need a certain level of um, reproduction and population for it to sustain. Yeah. And and multiple, many countries are recognizing there's a huge crisis. I mean, China historically, we think massive growth, and they have a one child policy. Well, they've reversed that heinous, evil, wicked policy, and one. The reason is they need population growth yeah. and to sustain their own population. So it's not only nearsighted and, and quasi-scientific, more superstitious, like most of these things. It's people take apart truth and think they've, you know, made reasonable conclusions about hugely complex issues like climate, you know, yeah. the weather. Um Beneath all this, I think, yeah, you're saying is a lack of faith, and it's it's an affront to God's um, rule. Yeah. And because it says right here that being fruitful and multiplying is central to the task of dominion. This came up in our discussion with Andrew DeBartolo when he was here. Yeah. You know, we're asking how do we how do we exercise this dominion in a world under judgment, and his answer was just do the things that God said to do in order to take dominion, right? Yeah. Have kids, raise them. Uh, and I mean, it's it sounds so simple, but it's actually quite powerful because what are we seeing in the world? Like, they're not, they, the world is not having kids uh, and the kids are destroying themselves, yeah. literally physically destroying themselves in their, in their culture. Mm-hmm. And so it's almost like all that Christians have to do to win is obey God, yeah. have kids, teach them to follow him. Um, and you're already like halfway there at that mm-hmm. point. Obviously, mm-hmm. we're trusting we trust in the Lord for any victories that we that we would gain. But yeah. um, you know, multiply, yeah, and you'll you'll outgrow them, yeah, in a sense, yeah. Um, the the text that you read is that Psalm one twenty seven, yeah. Psalm one twenty seven is a great text, and he highlights several things about children. One, children are a blessing from the Lord; yeah. they're an inheritance, and this is antithetical to our culture's view. Culture views children as um, burden. Oh, a burden and um, almost a danger if you think about overpopulation, yeah, yeah. certainly an inconvenience, such that the conversation around abortion, people can actually say out loud that they can justify an abortion because of the burden it places upon the women. It's like, what kind of world do we live in where that's a justification for killing someone? Right, but but that's the way our culture feels yeah. about children. That if they are a nuisance or a burden, um, you know that they can be simply disposed of. Yeah. So our culture has a very degrading view of children beneath the veneer of self-esteem and the protection of children 
is actually the profound hatred of children and is seeking to use them, not to serve them, not to shepherd them, not to teach and instruct and discipline, actually to use them for our ideological agendas. Mm. And that's what you see with the trans movement and stuff and the um, promotion of mutilation in children and destructive habits that, statistically speaking, they will grow to um, regret. Mm Um, these are all a symptom of an unbelieving world that hates one of the foundations of a world that lives under the rule of Christ, which is to receive the blessing of children and to teach them to to raise them in the, in the discipline and instruction of the Lord and the fear of His name. And what Psalm 127 also says, on top of them being a blessing, which maybe we should pause there for a second. Sure. We need, we need to think as Christians the way that we have been shaped by the worldly view that children are a nuisance. I mean, I still, come, I still talk to Christians who um, are very hesitant to have children, as if it's, it's only to, a bad thing. Right. It's, it's going to disrupt your way of life. Yeah. And, and no question that it will yeah, absolutely. definitely change your way of life. Yeah, it will. Um, but but they it means that they're not actually seeing with the eyes of faith to see that yeah. children are a blessing. Yeah, and I mean even He's, the way I've I've mm-hmm. talked to Christians who they're like, yeah, when my wife told me she was pregnant, like I almost fainted kind of thing, and I'm like, what is what is like what is wrong with you? Like who who has that reaction to children? Well, someone who's it was just being you know more shaped by the world and selfish motives. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you see this. I know we've we've all heard like the the trope of the mommy just needs a glass of wine to, to be able yeah. to cope with her kids yes. and her husband kind of that kind of attitude. It's everywhere. It's everywhere, and it's in the church too. Yeah, it's like oh, this is just so hard. I just need they need to go away, and I need to you know go to the spa to be able to put up with it. Or if it's the husband, it's like I got to get out of the house and go yes. golfing to to get away from this yeah. chaos. Yeah, like, you know I don't want to um, put anybody on the spot, but. We're, we're in the house of a family here in the Upper 40 studio. And uh, before we came up, we saw what a family does mm-hmm. after dinner. You know, there's bath time and crying and mm-hmm. storytelling. And it's it's loud and it's uh, rambunctious, but it's also glorious mm-hmm. seeing parents do what they need to do, mm-hmm. um, being faithful. So, yeah. Yeah. So we need to consider the ways that we, we are not believing this truth, that children are a blessing. Mm-hmm. They're a blessing that is not automatic, as Doug says. Um, they require intentional effort. And children can be ashamed to their parents, it says in Proverbs, yep. you know, an embarrassment to them and um, really hurt their parents through their ungodly behavior. But they are a blessing. The other thing that Psalm 127 highlights is one of the God-intended purposes of children is that they would be arrows in the hands of a warrior, that they would grow up to defend their father at the gates, that is to stand by his side at the seat of judgment. Yeah. So in the ancient Near East, judgment happened at the city gates. Um, the elders got together there and, and you know, you stood before your accuser and you answered his accusations and you faced enemy armies that happened at the gates. So to have children who stand beside you are children who stand for justice and righteousness and who are pointed in the right direction. They're not arrows in the back of their parents, you know, and they're not cowards who flee, but they're they're strong um, young men and women who who know the truth and stand on conviction. 
And they're the goal of our children. This this raises the goal of children. And why we started Kawartha Classical Christian School. Our goal for our kids is not to graduate high school. It's not to get a degree. It's not to get a high-paying job. It's not even to get married as the highest aim. Um, our goal for our children is that they would know and love the Lord and that they would be sharp, not simply safe. And you need to think long and hard when they're zero and one and two years old. How am I parenting in a way that my child will one day be sharp, that they will be useful weapons in the hands of a warrior, that they won't rebel against their God and they won't flee from a fight, but that they would stand and be counted? And we need to think about the decisions that we make on a daily basis. Um, that's the way that we have our dinners. That's the way that we you know, spend our nights together and then we start our mornings together. And the way we confess and repent when we fail as parents. And um, what, are, what are our goals? And if we don't have the standard or the goals or the aims of Scripture, you know, don't be surprised when it doesn't turn out how we want. Mm. And that's, that's, I mean, that's the big problem with the public education system. They don't have the right goals. They don't have the right aims. Yeah. And uh, we should have loftier goals. Yeah. At the, at, I mean, there are nefarious goals that they have for the kids yeah. nowadays. But uh, even, say, when we were younger, the goal was, like you said, graduate high school, go to college. If we did that, it's a, a success. Mm-hmm. It's just not enough. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't we talk a bit about um, the insights of Sir C.R. Wiley? C.R. Wiley. Chris Wiley? As yeah, his Chris friends Wiley. Call him. Yeah. I don't think we could call him that. No. No, C.R. We did, we did meet virtually one of his friends, Glenn Sunshine. Yeah. So we're practically, I mean, practically best buds. Yeah, right? Chris it is. Yeah, Chris. So, uh, Chris. <laughs> if you're listening... Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but he, but, but he is, uh, he's a pastor and he's a lot of things. I mean, he's, he's a, a very handy guy. He was yeah, in he real was estate. A, he's yeah, built stuff. Contractor. He's a writer. He's an artist. Yeah. He's, he is a true Renaissance man. Yeah. He taught philosophy. Yeah. He uh, has Chris, a, so C.R. Wiley is who we're talking about. He's yeah. a, uh, wrote a book called the household and the war for the cosmos. Yeah. Is that the book you're that referencing? Is. And one of the insights to me that was so helpful was, um, how the world, according to scripture, is actually oriented around the home. Yeah. And one of the observations he makes from the book of Ephesians is the book of Ephesians begins with these lofty declarations of the blessings that we have received in Christ Jesus. In the longest sentence known to man, um, <clears throat> Paul goes through the deep theology of the gospel and the work of redemption and what Christ has accomplished for us. Our state in sin and then his mercy and grace in appearing and saving us while we were lost by grace through faith um, in him alone. It's interesting, however, that the book of Ephesians includes in it a household code. And the household code is a was a fo- like a common form of literature in the ancient world, mm-hmm. whereby you would set out kind of the rules and expectations of a home, and immediately following the household code, Paul gets into a discussion about 
spiritual warfare. And he says that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and principalities and authorities and the cosmic powers, essentially, and the the hidden, unseen realm. And um, C.R. Wiley's observation, which I think is accurate, is that the household is, is positioned in the middle of these realities mm-hmm. of... Um, there's this cosmic battle going on around us and above us and beneath us, in a sense. And the, and the household is at the center of that. And so what Paul exhorts Christians to put on the whole armor of God because of that, um, this is not just a an aside. This is keeping with the argument of the book. It is, this is the work of Christ. That is, is how, what he's done. This is how we walk in obedience to that which is primarily the way that we treat each other in the home, spouses, children, parents, um, slaves, he talks about. And keeping in mind that we are engaged in a cosmic battle. And the point I, I think we can make from this with Genesis is that the task of dominion, um, children are not an aside to this or a distraction from this. They are a fundamental part of this. Like, they are, in one sense, the mission. And if we want to take dominion in the world, um, one of the best ways we do that is by devoting ourselves to raising godly children. Mm -hmm. And of course, Paul commends singleness, and Jesus was single, and Paul, at least a part of his life, was single. And so this doesn't mean if you don't have children, I mean, there's lots of people who are married who can't have children, that you can't be faithful and exercise dominion in your sphere, of course. But nevertheless, you need people to take dominion. Yeah. And you need to raise children who will take dominion. There's a great uh, book by Nancy Piercy that I read. Uh, I can't remember which one of her books it is. I think it's Total Truth. Have you read that one? I have it, but I haven't read it. She talks a lot about how, um, especially she's, she's focused on European and American culture 200 years ago. And was talking about how most of most business activities and most cultural activities happened in the home. So the household was sort of a microcosm of a larger society. Yes. Right. So if, if, if dad was a, a farrier or a blacksmith, you know, you had a shop at the house, he did his work at the house. Mm-hmm. Mom probably kept the books, took the money, made sure he, everybody got paid. Uh, you know, kids are doing cooking, laundry, like it's all, it's all sort of a self-contained thing. And it's only recently in our neck of the woods where we consider the home to be the place where you go to sleep and the work happens outside of the house. Mm-hmm. And I think this has had a big effect on the way we think as people, because we just think of the house as like, this is where we rest. Yeah, where we Or eat, this is where, where my sleep. toys live, you know. And then I go out there to do my work. Yeah, the real stuff. The real stuff is out there and this is just a like a stopping over place. Yeah. yeah. That's really that's really helpful. Yeah. And that's definitely true. The way that we think about family as a culture is not the way we have thought about family in the past. Yeah. And it's no surprise because of that that people don't even know what it's for. And um, even something as simple as the fact that most tradesmen would hire their their own sons to learn the trade. Yeah. Right, and you would pass that on because yeah. it's valuable yeah. to know a trade, and so you would pass it along in the family. And if your dad was a bricklayer, you were going to be a bricklayer, yeah. and that wasn't a bad thing; that was mm-hmm. a good thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, 
another another you know thing that I'd like to touch on is um, it says in Ephesians that we are to fathers is particular there to bear responsibility for raising their children in the discipline and instruction of the Lord, and this is picking up on the um, principle that it was already given to the people of God in Deuteronomy six. Mm-hmm. Um, that the Word of God was to saturate their life, that it was to be both a formal and rigorous education, uh, characterized by memorization, recitation type of thing that carries formal connotations. It's not just, as I said on Sunday, free-range children, you know, hoping that things just pan out. Um, And it is informal. When we get up, when we sit down, when we rise, when we walk at the gates, at the doorposts, everywhere we are to be instructing our children and pointing them to the Word of God. That's mm-hmm. that's how we raise our kids. And um, one of the kind of fears you have as a parent is, you know, what if I don't do a good job? Obviously, as a sinner. I mean, I fail as a dad every single day. And I failed as a father today in countless ways. And I think... Tell that, me about it. Yeah. I'm just um, kidding. Offline. <laughs> Um, and and there's a temptation to abdicate our responsibilities and kind of appeal to God's sovereignty, like you know God will save them if He desires to save them, or you know it's in God's hands, and almost as if we have no responsibility for the matter. But what the Scriptures teach is that parents are a God ordained means. I mean, we are the ones. Um, was it Timothy who learned? Who, who came to faith through his mother and mother grandmother. And grandmother. Yeah. They, he was made wise to salvation through the word of God. Yeah. And they exposed him to the scriptures. And I think a lot of us, especially in baptistic circles, view it as kind of a, a lottery, like a roll of the dice. As if, you know, our actions or inactions have no impact whatsoever. Which is funny because we don't view yeah. it that way in evangelism. Yeah, but this is... This but is... with our kids, we do. This is how we always twist the idea of the sovereignty of God. Yeah. We say, oh, it's in God's hands. But we still have to be obedient. Yeah. Right? It is true that it is in God's hands. Yeah. But we have to be obedient. Yeah. Rigorous. And and to take heart, not to see that as only a burden. All obedience is a burden. But it's also a a, a delight, and and God is pleased Mm -hmm. to work through that. And... um, the Proverbs do tell us if you raise a child in the way he should go, teach a child the way he should go, and when he is older, he will not depart from it. Now, it's all wisdom literature. There's exceptions. This is, but it's, but it is at the same time pointing us towards a truth that is embedded in the fabric of reality about the nature of what it means to be a child and the nature of instruction and the role of parents and their influence. Um, that absolutely we influence our children and yeah. that they will go the way that we go. And, I mean, that's true. If I look at my wife's life, like her dad is the single most influential person on her faith, and many people, actually. Mm-hmm. And um, my parents, for sure, in my life. And... Uh, I mean, we can, see, we can see the truth of this when we look at ungodly parents and how they raise their kids and what yeah. the outcome of that is. Yeah. Right? Um, so I know what you're saying. That's easy just to kind of write off your responsibility and say it's in God's hands, but just look look at how the world does it and yeah. see that doesn't work. No. You know. And what would it change about our life if we are just fired up to take dominion, um, to obey the Lord Jesus, to live under his rule and rule over creation in his name, if we viewed 
the household is is the primary battleground. You know, is the place that we went to war, and that we lay our lives down, and that we prayed and pleaded and taught and repented, and um, that that was you know, if you have children, the primary place for that dominion to take place. Yeah, I think that's a big that's a big paradigm shift for a lot of people. It prioritizes the way we spend our time, the way we spend our money, the way the things, the goals, and the aims that we have for our life. You know, what are we pursuing? Um, pouring it into our children, you know, and not just filling their life up with hockey or something, uh, but saturating them in the scriptures mm-hmm. and being diligent and consistent. This is the hardest thing about raising children is consistency. You know, it's when you're tired, when you're you know, um, overwhelmed, you're just lazy, yeah. distracted. Yeah. Um, it's hard to be focused. And I find myself constantly having to put down my phone, having to um, just repent to, to God, you know, for being viewing my children as a distraction from what I really want to be doing yeah. or what's important. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that just needs to fundamentally change. Yeah. I think Proverbs are a great place to go to. Um, mm-hmm. Not only for parents to teach their kids, but as children. I mean, the whole first half of the book is sort of the admonitions to the to the son. Right? Yes, absolutely. Um, and it's there's so much good stuff in there. You referenced uh, Proverbs 10, verse 1 er, earlier. A wise mm-hmm. son makes a glad father, but a foolish son is a sorrow to his mother. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you just see um, the delight uh, of a parent. Uh, I, can, I can only imagine when you see your, your little girls uh, obeying the oh, Lord yeah. and following him, what a delight that would be. Oh, yeah. And what the opposite of that would look like. Yeah. So. And and this, the, the I'm glad you brought this up, but in the book of Ephesians, Paul actually speaks directly to children. Children obey your parents, right. and that this is the first promise that comes with a blessing. And um, I think a lot of people don't know what to do with that. It's like, what are you, what are you saying? Is it like a mystical blessing or something like that? Or because I did, but it's I think <clears throat> it's keeping with the nature of Proverbs, which is the Bible's parenting manual. If you want to know about parenting, read the book of Proverbs because that is the Scripture's parenting manual, and. Um, Proverbs is built on the assumption that the fear of the Lord leads to flourishing, generally speaking. If you are lazy, you will not have a harvest. If you yeah. are diligent, you will. Yeah. Are there exceptions to these things? Does a plague come in and wipe out hardworking people's crops? Absolutely. Do lazy, unrighteous people prosper? Definitely. You know, Psalm 73, and that was Asaph's complaint, you know, the, the yeah. wicked prosper. But generally speaking, there is a moral reality to this world. There are moral rules, a moral law that exists. And um, it includes the idea, the, the principle, that obedience to parents brings blessing. Well, and, and what Paul is referencing is in, in the Decalogue, in the Ten Commandments, it's the only one that actually gives a promise of blessing if yes. you obey it. Yeah. Right. Uh, Deuteronomy five sixteen. Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God commanded you, that your days may be long and that it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. 
Like the rest of them are just either positive or negative commands. Yes. Right. And this one says, do this so that. Yes. Right. And so he's saying, listen, there's there's benefits to obeying. And so parents. think about this. The opposite is true then. Then the disobedience <laughs> of par- parents leads to destruction. And think I can, about it. Cult- I can attest to that. Yeah. 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 Same. Yeah. And think about um, the way that the, the place that our culture is in. We celebrate yes. teenage rebellion. And it used to be teenage rebellion, but now it's like we celebrate four year olds choosing who and what they are and not telling their parents. Yeah. Like we, we legalize um, their rebellion against reality and against authority and against their parents as a matter of justice. And it's not going to go well. It's yeah. not going to go well. There's not going to be a blessing. There's not going to be flourishing. It's not going to be the good life. It's going to be a a uh, a dumpster fire, you know. Yeah. Continuing. It already is a dumpster fire. It already fire. is a dumpster yeah. fire. <laughs> but if and, and we need to speak this to our children and we need to teach us in our churches that resisting the spirit of the age that teaches you that you are your god, you are your master, you are the captain of your fate. We say no you're not. You know, you obey your parents. And you listen to them, and you put their instructions around your neck. You bind it around your neck, your mom and your dad, and you learn that it is that obedience does come. Um, obedience does bring a blessing, and this is something that we need to radically recover. Yeah, because the culture has just rejected it, and I think a lot of churches hyper spiritualize things like. Mm-hmm. Well, I pray for my kids sometimes. It's like, well, do you discipline them? You know, do you instruct them? Because that's that's actually what the Bible tells us to do. Yeah, the Bible says if you don't discipline your children, you don't love them. You hate them. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So there's a lot, there's a lot to be said about parenting. And um, but we need to recover the 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 crucial task of children. We need to look to the scriptures to see how raising children ought to be done. We need to recognize that our own experience perhaps does not serve as a faithful guide. Our culture is definitely antithetical to the raising of godly children. Mm -hmm. And um, that's an intentional thing that we need to push back against. And I think there's another element here too that I wouldn't mind exploring a bit. And that's a lot of people who don't have godly parents are still required to obey their parents. Yeah. Right, and this is this is tough for people. I mean, I've, I've heard people say, what, "Do I have to obey them in this, in that?" Yeah. And of course, uh, as we've talked about for the past year and a half, there are situations where the authority that is above you is being abused, and you yeah. must disobey. You must um, you must not uh, comply with that. Um, but for the most part, if you're being asked to do something by a parent who is not a believer, I mean. There's there's no caveat. There's no out for yeah. those people. Yeah, yeah. There's the out that there is with any human authority. Right. Um, all human authority is limited, and all obedience is therefore limited. But um, just as unbelieving wives can still submit to, or believing wives still submit to unbelieving husbands, and that could be used by God as a means that they would be won right. by their their good conduct. Um, children can still obey unbelieving parents in as much as they don't require them to do what God forbids or forbid what God requires of them. Right. And as I think Nancy Wilson said, you're, you're saluting the uniform. 
You're not you're not giving your implicit endorsement of everything that they are and think and do, but you are affirming their God-ordained role in your life. And as we do that, we actually do something good. And if everyone did that, um, that would be a good thing. Yeah. Excellent. What uh, you got? You got anything else you want to say on this topic? Any pastoral? Um, Paul says. Paul says it's interesting. In, in two places, he tells us not to anger or exasperate our children. Right. And I think there's a the other ditch here is that once we realize that children are important and we want to be intentional, that we could be overbearing. Right. Um, that we can become easily irritated or frustrated, disappointed, that we can place unhealthy and unhelpful, unbiblical expectations upon our children. And that's not a good thing. Um, that's a good way to crush your children. Yeah. And we need to, in order to know how to be a parent, what we need to do is study the, the fatherhood of God and look at what, because mm. he is the one from whom all the families on the earth find their name. I yeah. mean, he is the source of the family, and it is a reflection of him, not a, not a direct, um, complete, you know, comparison, but it is a reflection. And one of the things we see about God is that he knows our frame, mm-hmm. and parents ought to know the frame of their children, specifically. Like, they ought to know each individual child and know their strengths and know their weaknesses. Know how much they can take. Know much how how they can take, where they need to be pushed, and where you need to back up, what you need to celebrate, you know, these types of things. And you are called to parent your children and know who they are specifically. Yeah. And, uh, And that's the way that God deals with us. He is aware of our weaknesses and our frailty. Um, He is patient with us, you know, and we need to be characterized by patience with our children, you know, raising them in the discipline and instruction of the Lord means that we model his discipline and instruction. And, um, you know, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but afterwards it yields the fruit of righteousness. And that's another ditch that parents get in. It's that it's hard to discipline. Like, you don't actually want to discipline sometimes. You want to look the other way or you want to ignore or something. But, um, you know, that doesn't yield the fruit of righteousness. Yeah. We could do, do a whole episode on discipline. Um, we won't go all down that trail, but we need to have our minds radically reshaped by Scripture on these issues for sure. Well, what are you uh what are you reading right now? Picked up Joe Boots new book, Ruler of Kings. Okay. Came in. They just shipped mine out a couple of days ago. I haven't okay. gotten it yet. Yeah. yeah, I I uh got it. It's really good. I think it's some of his other material that's been compiled together. It's a little more concise. Stuff. Yeah, it's quite concise. Nice. Which is nice. It's it's so thoughtful. Um Dr. Boots a man that I encourage people to read because he expands your horizons. He introduces categories and paradigms you perhaps haven't thought about. And um, this book is good because it's con- it's more concise, and and he brings things down um, to to people's level. So that's yeah. good. Yeah. So I'll I'll definitely be passing it around. Nice. Yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to starting mine. Yeah, 
Yeah. What are you kicking at? Uh, same, same big ones, but uh, I've often heard Doug Wilson talk about how he loves P.G. Woodhouse. Oh, yeah. Who is a, a fiction writer. Yeah. Um, and so I've got some of his audiobooks. Uh, they're read by Stephen Fry. Oh, nice. A famous British uh, yeah. actor, writer. Um, raging atheist. Raging atheist. Uh, but a f- very good narrator. Yeah. And the the books are, <laughs> they're so funny to read. I got a book from Ben and I literally pick it up and read the first page. Did you laugh? I laugh so hard. And then like a couple months later, I come and I'm like, oh, where was I? I'll just start again. And I laugh at the same thing. Like every time I've done it, like no joke, at least like six times. Yeah. But it's still funny to me. Like I just, the way he writes, it's amazing. I was listening to it in my van and this really funny line came on. So I, I used the voice message feature in Signal Yeah, and sent, I just, I I recorded that line and sent it to Ben. Um, It it was, it was a very funny, funny line. And uh, yeah, he just makes me laugh. Like I just, I just find myself laughing out loud, like guffawing. Yeah. As I'm driving. Yeah. So it's nice. It's nice to put down the heavy stuff every now and then. And yeah. Just read something lighthearted. Yep. And yeah. So that's where I'm at. But yeah. Any more admonitions? I mean, we didn't give the website address for the school. We said go there, and then we didn't give them the address. Is it CorthaClassical.com? I believe so. Yeah. But if, or if that doesn't work, just go to Google, look up Cortha Classical Christian School and it'll, it'll come up. Yeah. So we'd love to, uh, love to have more people aware of what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if you have kids and you're thinking about ways to get them out of the uh, public school system, which you ought to be doing, Mm -hmm. uh, there's, there's lots of options. Private schooling is one of those. And, um, talk to us uh, it's it's probably not as expensive as you think mm-hmm. and there are bursaries and grants mm-hmm. for all sorts of, of and the more stuff. people that chip in I mean one application of all of this is that Christians need to care about education yeah and we've been relying on the public school system which is no longer an option right. and the reason that we can do that is because everyone contributes to that yeah but if we need to have a big pivot and not everyone can homeschool at least the whole way through, we need to say, look, we're going to make this easier for everyone if everyone contributes to this. Yeah. And we give ourselves um, to building new institutions. And I believe as churches, it's this is our responsibility yeah. Yeah. Um, to care for the other kids in our midst. So whether yeah. it's uh, donating to them to be able to send their kids to schools or donating to the institutions themselves, I think that's a duty for all of us at yeah. this point. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for joining us. I'm going to uh, see if I can hit the button with my toe. No, that's a bad idea. No, it's a bad I idea. I got these new new arms so I can swing this mic out here. Hope you join us next time on episode 45. Not sure what we're going to talk about. It'll be good. But whatever it is. Uh, until then, may he have dominion from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. May all kings fall down before him. All nations serve him. <laughs>